For grace to you and peace from our God and Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Well, dear friends, for many of us, as I look out among the congregation, um, you know, ha having parents that you know were maybe born in in the the fifties, having maybe grown up in the sixties and and seventies, we kind of uh, came under what I'm going to say today was that spell of optimism. And as I go through my sermon, I'm going to kind of explain why I, I pronounce it in that way. But, you know, I can even remember, I was raising my, my kids as they were young, you know, there, there was a book, you know, Raising an Optimistic Child. And even as, as I say the word optimism, right, that maybe brings kind of flowery <coughs> things to, to our, our mind, you know, that we like to think, yeah, I, I, I want to be optimistic. I, I want my children to be optimistic. I, I want to be able to, you know, raise them with that idea that, you know, like Shirley Temple sang in her little song, you know, the, the sun will come out tomorrow. Remember watching Shirley Temple? Tomorrow, tomorrow, I love you tomorrow. You're only a day away. Right, many of us grew up with, with those ideas, with, with those concepts. Our, our, our parents, you know, tried to encourage that in us. But, but dear friends, I've got to tell you today that optimism isn't enough. And maybe we don't want to hear that either. But you know, as we talk about philosophical systems, right, we really need to have something that works for us, don't we? It needs to work even in the hardest, most tragic moments, doesn't it? You know, sure, when, when you were young and you're working for your Christian employer, and, and your Christian employer was a, a little bit distracted because his wife had failing health and, and he didn't say good morning to you on a particular day and it hurt your feelings and, and you felt bad. You know, certainly you could optimistically say tomorrow will be better. You know? For something small and, and simple like that, you know, certainly optimism can work. Because, you know, you still had your Christian home to go home to that night. And, and your Christian employer was still a Christian, even though he was distracted on that one particular day. And so you came back tomorrow, and he was in a little better mood, and things went better. And you said, aha, see, by being optimistic, I made it to tomorrow. And certainly tomorrow was better. I can work for small things like that. But for our philosophical system to be able to work for us, for it to be able to have an impact, it has to handle the hardest, most difficult of times, doesn't it? And as we're, we're kind of researching, as we're kind of trying to, to figure out, you know, how, how can I get through a, a trying time in my life, you know, maybe sometimes we go to uh, veterans of war 
to, to read a little about of what they had to say. And it, in fact, you know, we still have veterans around from the Vietnam War that experienced being prisoners of war, that experienced being you know, treated terribly by ungodly people who went through that kind of, of suffering, that, that kind of uh, reality. And when we read what they had to say, many of them, and, and, and I, I, I'm gonna you know, step on your toes, many of them said, Optimism doesn't work when you're a prisoner of war. Many of them say, you know, the most optimistic people were the ones that died first. Because the reality of their situation kept eroding away at their belief system. They kept thinking, maybe tomorrow it's going to be better, and tomorrow got worse. Instead, you know what, this uh, philosophy of just being optimistic, just kind of thinking tomorrow's going to be better, just kind of, you know, believing that somehow it's all going to work out, that philosophy failed them. When it didn't get better, when things didn't improve, when they came to understand that they were going to be in these kinds of terrible situations for, for months and even years to come, they just couldn't take it anymore. They couldn't survive. You see, uh, dear friends, the, the Bible tells us, in this world you will have trouble. I mean, uh, that means as we're considering philosophical systems, right? We, we have to have a system that will help us through times of trouble, through times of, of turmoil, through times of, of incredible loss, through times in our life when the doctor maybe has come and said, hey, your life isn't ever going to be the same again. Right? You're, you're, you're not going to bounce back from this. You're going to need some surgeries. You're going to need some medication. You're not going to be able to be the athlete you were when you were 18 anymore. Right? Things have changed. And you're going to have to deal with that. We also experience you know, personal loss. People that are important to us pass away. Don't wait. That person you, you, you loved is gone and they're not going to come back. And, and maybe in heaven you're going to get to see them. You have that kind of a hope. You know, someday, 20 or 30 years down the road, you know, for some of us, I'll get to see that person again. But how does that help me get through the, these 20 or 30 years? I still have to go until I can see that person again. How can I get through? The sun, pastor, some of you might say, it's not coming out tomorrow. I know that. I, I know that tomorrow there's not going to be sun. And so how can I live my life right now? Sometimes, you know, because of, of the impression, because of, you know, simply the, the last two or three years that, that we've gone through, you maybe have come to feel like you're in a, a dark place. 
like you're a, a, in some kind of you know prison camp designed by Satan himself. And maybe you're wondering, how are things going to get better? How is my life going to improve? I, you know, looking at, at the economy, uh, looking at the, the price of fuel, uh, looking at some decisions that, that continue to be made within our culture. You know, maybe you're saying, how are we going to still be here 10 years from now? How, how are we going to do this? For, for three years, I've been hoping that tomorrow there will be sun and, and it's still dark inside. Now, what can we do? Well, again, as people have written about being prisoners of war, going through these kinds of you know, terrible, terrifying experiences, they said, you know, that as we looked around and saw the people that survived, it was the people that came to understand that their life had changed. They weren't going to just get rescued tomorrow and everything would be fine and they go back to you know, the way that things used to be. But rather they came to understand, they came to accept that things were hard now. They came to that acceptance of the fact that things would never really be the same again. And of course, you know, we, we talk about the grieving process and, and many of you, you know, someone has handed you a little pamphlet and said, you know, okay, you've got to go through this grieving process. You lost a, a loved one. You know, here, here's some of the steps that you're going to be going through, right? And uh, of course, you know, acceptance is one of the steps, isn't it? But if I'm clinging to optimism, if I'm thinking, oh, oh tomorrow's going to be better, it, it's all going to work out somehow, everything's going to be good, right? then we can never get to that place, can we? We can, can never really understand that this is the reality, right? that, that this is where we are at. We've experienced this loss. We've experienced this situation. Things are not going to be the same again. It is hard. I'm going through a hardship. I know the disciples, they went through hardships, didn't they? We've talked in the past about many of the things that they had to endure. That they were persecuted. That they were arrested. That they were placed in jails. Right, you know, just, just like in the, the prisoner of war camps, you know, we understand the disciples weren't that comfortable in Roman jails. And often, as Paul says, you know, they were beaten with wooden rods. Often they were, were tortured, and we know that many of them even were martyred in the end. But they went through terrible trials. And they, they didn't survive their last days on earth by saying, oh, hey, I'm sure God will open the heavens and send angels and it's all going to be okay. 
but rather they knew that they were going to be executed on that next day. And they knew that there probably wouldn't be some angelic cavalry coming in to rescue them. And they understood that, that you know, things were hard and difficult. But dear friends, you, you, you know what? Because you're here in church today, right? You know that the secret was they had the Holy Spirit, didn't they? And see, that's what our texts for today were all about. That the Holy Spirit coming to live within each and every one of us gives us the power not just to think that tomorrow is going to be better, but it gives us the power to live through the difficult times to last in the midst of turmoil, to make it through to the next day, even though things maybe seem black all around us, to be able to continue to function even when the rug gets pulled out, when everything is gone and we've experienced incredible loss. See, it's that Holy Spirit being with us as a friend, as a comforter, as one who gives us sustaining power that allows us to be able to go through those tough times. You see, the, the person that just has optimism to cling to goes into the jail cell and they're tortured and they're mocked and they're ridiculed and they begin to fall apart because tomorrow wasn't better. And the next tomorrow, it wasn't any better either. And the tomorrow after that, it got a little bit worse. See, It begins to erode at their way of thinking. It begins to erode at their philosophical system that they can't quite understand why they're not prevailing. My dear friends, that should be different for you and I. With the Holy Spirit living within us, you and I could be falsely imprisoned. Right? It happened to the disciples, right? And you and I could be looking through iron bars at, at some point close in the future. You and I, because we refuse to denounce Christ, because we continue to believe in the teachings of the Holy Bible, we could conceivably be labeled as intolerant. That could happen. Put in prison. Left behind by society. And what would help us go through that kind of a terrible experience? It would be God is with us. See? That as you're looking through the prison bars, as you have shackles on your, your hands and, and feet, as you're maybe wondering about how your life is ever going to recover from this present moment, that the Holy Spirit holding you in His arms would say, you're going home. 
I'm going to be with you. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to help you through this hard time. I'm going to make it so that you have lasting grace at the end. Now, maybe, maybe that promise today, maybe that isn't so very helpful. You say, you, you know, Pastor, if I'm about to be executed, right, I would rather have, you know, the, the holy angels come down from heaven and, and I would rather have it be that, you know, the sun will come out tomorrow. I'd rather have those promises, maybe. But, you know, guess what? For many martyrs in the faith, that finishing grace was simply the ability to be able to sing their favorite hymn as they were being burned at the stake. They would have that finishing grace so other people standing around would say, that was something. You ever think about it in the, in the ancient world, and you know, I know it's horrible to imagine, you never thought the pastor would ask you to think about this in the church, but as many people were being executed, as they were burned in fire, they would just scream horribly. Right? As you can maybe well imagine. You know, maybe you just grabbed a, a, a hot pan and it, it seared the flesh of the palm of your hand and, and you screamed horribly one day in your own home. And for many people undergoing this kind of execution, it, it was excruciating, it, it was terrible. You know, their, their screams, you know, filled the air. And then a Christian would come and be burned at the stake and they would simply sing their favorite hymn with their last breath. And people would say, what happened? What happened there? You see, dear friends, for those people that the sun didn't come out tomorrow. And they couldn't just say, oh, you know, I'm sure God will take care of everything and it's all going to be fine. But rather, God gave them the grace to finish exceptionally well. That might be the gift. See, the, the Holy Spirit living inside of us, uplifting us, sustaining us. You may well have come to a point where you're saying to yourself, you know, something has to change. Right? There has to be some kind of change. I, I don't know what it is, but, but it's got to be different. It, it's got to change. Well, well, guess what? You know, sometimes God can change the circumstance, but other times God changes us, doesn't he? Now, I, I'm certainly not saying that we're called to, you know, just cave into society. No, that, that's not it. But you know, as you and I come into to various conflicts in our lives, right, you know, certainly we, we want that other person to change, we want that circumstance to change. We we, we think, you know, I'm 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 almost sixty years old, you know. I I have some leadership ability. And I, I, I think this situation needs to change here. And I'm 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 gonna make some changes. 
And sometimes we, we don't stop to think about, you know, maybe God will come and change me. Because as long as the situation is not conflicting with the Word of God, that could be an option, right? Maybe the way that I'm responding needs to change. Maybe the way that I'm thinking needs to undergo a change. Maybe this thing that God has placed in my path is something that's going to help me grow and become different rather than an obstacle that I need to remove and get out of my way. And again, that's often how prisoners of war are able to survive. Because they, they wake up every morning, they can't change the situation. They're still prisoners, they're still treated badly, things are, are still going to be terrible, right? Uh, today is a fresh new opportunity to be ridiculed and to be belittled and to be made sport of, and now I don't know how to go on, because tomorrow the sun's not coming out, fella. Gotta tell you. It could even be worse. How am I going to make it through? How am I going to survive this? Well, it's going to have to come from a change inside, isn't it? I'm going to have to become different somehow. But again, we, you know, we always have that stipulation. Okay, I'm not going to give up the Word of God. Right, I'm, I'm not going to help you know, torture my fellow prisoners to somehow make my life easier. You know? I, I'm not going to you know, steal from others or, or, or do things that God doesn't want me to do. And so that becomes an, a place to stand, doesn't it? And maybe that leads to execution. Maybe I didn't survive the experience, but you know, with the Holy Spirit inside of me, I finished well. I did the things that God asked me to do. I helped others in the midst of my own persecution. I shared with other people even though I myself had very little. I took the time to care about someone else even though there was only blackness inside of me because of my own difficulty. I continue to reach out my hand to the poor, even though I myself had become impoverished. See, I continue to do the things God has called me to do. Continue to stand, even though perhaps uh, I'm in chains and I'm forced to kneel down and I'm beaten and I'm mocked and ridiculed inside I'm still the child of God you see dear friends uh, that is the wonder of the Christian life isn't it that yes, we're going to face trials and we're going to have tribulations. 
No, the Lord never said if you just kind of get everything right, it will be you know, a flowery path to heaven where you just kind of experience wonders and, and anew every day. But rather He said, guess what? You're going to have trouble. And, and guess what? The, the king of this world who we know to be Satan, he's going to move against you. And the more that you reflect Christ, the more noticeable you're going to become to the forces of evil, probably the more persecution you might experience. They were going to be going through hard times. They were going to have many struggles in this life. And maybe tomorrow isn't going to be any better. But we have something better than a philosophy, don't we? We have something better than optimism. We have Jesus the Christ. The one who has said he will never forsake us. He will never abandon us. He will hold our hand in the darkest of places. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me, even in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup, overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will be with me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Now may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be in your hearts and minds now and always. Amen.